Welcome to today's show. This is the relaunch and I am beyond excited to introduce a gal that not only have I coached her, she has coached me. We have known each other for years. I have the utmost respect. She is a absolute phenom in her space. And so get ready for this interview because I got to tell you, she's going to give you some, you know, I love to say the pearls of wisdom. And she is one person that you talk about a lively conversation. This will be that one. So <laughs> her name is Jenna Sword and she is a launch strategist. Yes, launch launching of multiple different things. She's not, we're, we're not going to get into relaunch until we start talking to her about that too. She's not only this launch strategist and a branding expert, she's also a former graphic designer. She worked at Nike, a former associate professor at the University of Oregon, teaching some of the things, the tips and tricks she's going to share today. And she has over 20,000 women entrepreneurs that have joined her either her free or her paid workshops on launching. You're listening to the Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach, widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, we'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Get ready, Jenna. It is so good to have you here. <laughs> thank you for that amazing introduction. I was thinking, I love it. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. I was like thinking, I was like, I could say so many of these things, like so many amazing things about you too. So I feel really lucky and happy to be here. <laughs> well, and I think that one of the, you know, one of the things that we have been trying to do for a while now is get us together so that we can share some of the things that impacted both of us. And I thought, what better place than to have you come onto the show, talk about your significant relaunches. And you and I, I think at this point, we might've known, have we known each other for what? Oh, probably about four or five years. Yeah. yeah. And I feel mm -hmm. like the relaunches that you've had have been so impactful. And I want to be able to share those because your journey is so unique, but I think it's going to resonate with so many listening. So let's start where I always love to start. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the most significant relaunch that really has impacted your journey so far. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, after being in business for going on my eighth year, I've gone through so many different iterations, um, in the business of, of the types of products that I've sold, um, you know, just how I show up in the business. And I feel like I've gone the gamut of everything from, you know, I started off as, as this course creator who was creating a course about branding and design, and then realized that I was in the business of helping people create beautiful websites for terrible products. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> That's so great. It's when all those people come to you and you're like, oh, Oh, I can make it look really good, but the yeah. underlying product, not so good. Yeah. And I just, you know, me being a designer, I didn't really feel like it was my place to say, Hey, I know you want to pay $25,000 to do a website here, but you know, your product is not going to sell. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like it was my place to say that. And I realized that even with my lower level students that weren't hiring me, they were also creating basically whipped cream on garbage, you know, <laughs> 
Yeah, forget about like putting the lipstick, you know, yeah, on the pig. On We're the pig. talking, did you hear that whipped cream on garbage? Yeah. So, so it was really like from an, you know, it also taught ethics at the university level. And I, I like really had a hard time taking people's money to help them create something beautiful for something terrible. So I morphed my business into teaching them how to create, you know, really awesome courses and coaching programs that actually get people results and I get them to make it in a dirty and fast way so that it's like not pretty or anything validate their offer and then we can go make it pretty so I what I love about that strategy which is so different than others is you're saying hey let's validate that this Mm -hmm. business is actually viable before mm-hmm. you start dumping in all, and so many mm-hmm. people think it's got to be like this fancy website and you got to mm-hmm. have all these things. No, you have to make mm-hmm. sure that people are out there that actually want to buy your product. Yeah. Yeah. So Otherwise good. you're going to spend a million dollars on a million hours on something that somebody doesn't want. And why not? I mean, if you have a really great business idea, people will be running to the checkout, even when you don't have a checkout page. Right. So, uh, somebody just came into my program just this past month. He has the best idea for a course I've ever heard. He is a, um, a screenwriter and he's only been screenwriting for about four years. And in that four years, in his, in his late 30s, early 40s, he managed to create this amazing career. And he wrote for the Spider-Man movie. He wrote uh, for Crazy Rich Asians, all in a matter of four years, completely went from being a professor to a really successful screenwriter and like used his method of how he started his career, helped a couple of friends, got his brother and all of his friends, these amazing screenwriting gigs. And he wanted to come in and do a course. And I was like, this is an example. You don't need a website. Please take my money. I want to learn everything that you're doing because this is so interesting. And that's what I look for. I look for how do we take your idea and make it marketable? So this is interesting because there are so many people right now, we call it, you know, the great resignation, which is really the great realization, realizing what you really are passionate about, realizing that you do have something that you Mm -hmm. can help others to Mm -hmm. perfect. I love the idea of literally anything can be in a course you can create. There are people, and I know you've and I, you and I have talked there are people that are creating the most like niche down, niche, niche, niche. And yet it's it just a bonanza. So it's so incredible. But I do have to say, <laughs> knowing you as I do, I want to go back to the relaunch. I want to mm. go back to mm-hmm. something that happened to you health-wise. And mm. because it's not just about, you know, Jenna and her success with, you know, helping people get their products out there. Mm-hmm you had to literally relaunch yourself and keep going while your business is, you know, taking off Mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, you could sustain Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. incredible business Mm -hmm. and not fall flat on your back and not be able to actually help people anymore. So share, share what happened there. Yeah. So I think that, um, there's been quite a few rolling relaunches, right? Like that they just kind of happened based on where I'm at in my life. And, and I would say that, you know, yeah, I had a big health transformation just like in the past year. Uh, but it all, if we wanted to like pick a, a moment in time when all of this started to come together, um, you know, I think everybody kind of hits sometimes a rock bottom where they just can't do things the way that they were doing them anymore. And I had gone through a ton of leadership programs um, starting in about 2017 um, up until, you know, present day. And the different leadership programs I was doing, like I did Landmark, I did Jim Fortin's Transformational Coaching Program, I did a program called the, uh, the Ascension Leadership Academy, ALA. Um, I had started working with a shaman. I like did all this stuff. And what pinpointed the biggest transformation for me actually was work that I started in March of 2020. It actually, uh, the, the rock bottom moment happened in February of 2020. I had gone to a friend's birthday party who is a very, he was somebody who I had coached from zero to a hundred million dollar business. And he had rented this amazing mansion and I'd showed up at his mansion single for 10 years, really like wanting to mingle, but not feeling very attractive, not feeling very like good in my body, uh, not feeling very good about the business. 
I showed up at this party and I ended up getting um, rejected by somebody that I was interested in. And I turned into like this, like, just like, why isn't my life happening? Why isn't my business happening the way that I want it to? I can't find love. And I was just like completely distraught. And embarrassingly, he had like walked into a room where I was like crying and he had been like a, um, a total therapist type of friend who had given me a lot of advice and he sat down and he's like I can't give you advice anymore like I can't be your shoulder to cry on about this I've seen you struggling for so long you have to do something different and it was like this beautiful moment that I was like okay there's this program that I heard about that uh, is called training camp for the soul it's a somatic uh, release program and I had seen some of my friends go through it that had actually done landmark and a whole bunch of things and I was like I need to go do this program. So on my 40th birthday, one week before quarantine started in the pandemic, I went through this program that got me to heal every single little tiny traumatic thing that had ever happened in my life. And that was the beginning of the transformation. Okay. So I remember when you called me and said you were going to go do this. And, but I do want to go back to that moment because Mm -hmm. so many people think that when you finally hit rock bottom, Mm -hmm. there's something massive that happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, seen time and time again, that it doesn't have to be, it's almost like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? It's the Mm -hmm. smallest thing. You walk into a room, you walk into a party and something happens and it just, it, it just sends you over the edge. It was just like, at that point you realize like, oh my God, I I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a complete, like, I can't control this. Mm -hmm. And what a gift Mm -hmm. that that guy said to you is like, you know Mm -hmm. what we look for in Mm -hmm. others, you know, that, that a man is going to help us, you know, be happy. And we know that that's Mm -hmm. not true. Mm -hmm. Happiness, contentness, um, you know, it all has to come from within you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you realize that. And so you went off to the training camp for the soul mm-hmm. and you had just turned 40. You went and mm-hmm. how long were you gone? Can you tell us a little yes. bit about what happened during that training? Yeah. So I was gone for, I think, six days. Um, and literally it ended on the day of my 40th birthday. So we celebrated my birthday there and we were rushing to get on an airplane to go home after, because quarantine was starting right at that moment. And we didn't know if we were, flights were going to be going or what have you. And so it was kind of, um, the work that had happened there was I finally understood why I was the way I am. Uh, where all of my feelings and my judgments and my beliefs, where they all came from, how they were associated with, you know, learning things from mom and dad and environment and childhood, uh, traumatic things that happened that were not uh, instantly identifiable. Like I don't have big T trauma in my life. So there wasn't like that, you know, backstory that's, you know, one in two people has around there being some sort of sexual abuse or anything like I didn't have anything that I go, oh, that's why I am the way I am. So this sort of thing that I went through basically showed me like, where did I learn to hurt, you know, hate my body? Mm. Where did I learn to, um, not feel good enough. And so I got all the answers about that. And I, I actually process the trauma in the body. So it means like you, you end up breathing into the space where you're actually feeling the trauma and then you release it one of seven ways. And the seven ways can be sweating. It can be puking. It can be, you know, it could be screaming. It could be crying. It could be laughing. It could be a number of things. And, um, through those five days, I was going through little trauma after little little trauma and some of them bigger that I didn't even recognize, you know, like my mom had married somebody who was not a great person when I was about nine or 10 and some really scary things happened where he pretended like the brakes were out in the car and I was horrified for, you know, an hour. And like that example, like caused trauma for me, like little tiny things and bigger things. While you were in the car, he pretended that the brakes had been. Yeah. He was like, he's like, we're going to die, like going through oh, red lights, you know, like, and I got home. He's a and crazy I just, man. No, he was a super, we ended up having to escape while my mom was pregnant. I mean, like all these oh things gosh. that because they weren't like easily identifiable, I had to go in and find out like, you know, why I had certain fears about things or why, you know, so to make a long story short, most effective program ever. And I, over the two years since then, because it's taken about two years since that program, 
I, uh, you know, a month after that program happened, I started making a hundred thousand dollars a month. That was like the first thing that happened. And for the following year after that, a hundred thousand every single month, which was my goal for like, you know, 10 years before. And so Janet, before you keep going, because mm-hmm. this is so yeah. fascinating and we want to get to <laughs> how you, when you can, can release this, it is amazing how things open mm-hmm. up for you. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I want to make sure people realize also is that the trauma that you think, oh, my trauma, I don't have that. I don't have, you know, those terrible, you know, abusive types of, you know, when I was Mm -hmm. younger, but the trauma that you were carrying was to you trauma. And what we have to be careful about is not to say my trauma isn't as big as your trauma. Oh, yours is worse. Mine isn't as bad. And I want people to realize that whatever you think of as you are looking back on Mm -hmm. when you were growing up, if there's something that was impactful for you, mm-hmm. that when you're thinking about it, that that kind of sends you off into that, like, oh, mm-hmm. that can be trauma. Yeah, we all have yeah. some form of trauma. Oh, yeah. There's we no. Try to, we try to bullet it into like, oh, I gotta have this type of trauma in order sure. to say, or you feel sure. like you're unworthy of the trauma mm-hmm. that you had. Oh yeah, I mean, it can be something as little as things came up like uh, my best friends in third grade wrote me a letter while I was visiting my dad in Las Vegas over the summer that said, we don't like you, don't come home. Like little, like just mean stuff or, you know, or even in in like in other examples, like, you know, uh, somebody could be going to church and they were talking during church and grandma, you know, got a brush out of her purse and whapped him on the head and told him to be quiet. And they were so worried about getting into trouble that they decided to be quiet for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So like these little tiny moments that we may not chalk up to being that big of a deal can really be the reason why we, we end up having the traumas that we do. Well, and one of the things that you said also is that, you know, there was this, like, I really, you know, I've, I've always hated my body and getting to, I think a lot of people, you know, there's that self-sabotage that happens. And for you, you actually saw some of the, the, the hate towards your body manifest in different ways in your body. Mm-hmm. And can you help us understand, like, what did you do when you started to like, oh my gosh, you started to have like ailments. You started to have things show up that you're like, where did this come from? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, it was always just this common thing that I had for my whole life from just seeing parental, you know, mom didn't like her body and, um, yeah, so it was, it, it was learning that and it's not anybody's, you know, parents, there's no such thing as a perfect parent, uh, parents are human. And so, you know, it was starting to identify where the thoughts are really my own versus what I was, what I learned as a child for sure. Uh. Well, I think that this conversation goes so deep for so many people because we hear about trauma, we hear about, you know, life, what, you know, how we keep it hidden. We don't want to talk about it. And you were willing to go to the training camp for the soul. And it was that event where you're like, wait a second, you've opened up to this. So we have to pause here. We got to go on a little break, but you have been hearing that it doesn't have to be a big, massive breakdown Mm-mm. in order to have it be that rock bottom. And you've also heard that, you know what, trauma comes in many sizes and it really doesn't matter. It's what's traumatic to you. So when we come back, we are going to shift into a different area of another mm-hmm. major major relaunch that Jenna has had in relationship and you're not going to want to miss this. So we will be back soon. This episode is brought to you by my very own labor of love, my most recent book relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new three HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. 
Oh, welcome back. And I wish you all could have been a fly on the wall because Jenna is with me and she is the queen of launches. I like to say I'm the queen of relaunches, Mm -hmm. helping people through that. But she said, Hillary, you are going to die when I tell you what I'm going to drop during this time slot. I'm like, what? So I am so excited. Okay. But we are shifting. We're shifting from Mm -hmm. really having that, you know, the, the relaunches that you were going through, going through and really trying to say, Hey, I've tried everything. I've gone through Mm -hmm. all of these different programs and nothing was really working. It was kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. you put the Band-Aid on, but then the Band-Aid, you take a shower and it kept falling off and it was still, mm-hmm. there it was. There was those wounds still showing up. So you mentioned that, you know, you had this, you know, the body issue. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that that has been something that just, you know, continued to come up for you mm-hmm. as it also entered into yet another relaunch. So I'm going to, I'd love for mm-hmm. you to share a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I feel, you know, after I did training camp for the soul, things didn't just magically change overnight. It actually progressively got better and better and better and better over the two years, which is kind of how this somatic, uh, you know, uh, trauma release works. So I didn't instantly like have a love for the body. I actually, actually gained some weight over the following uh, year or two, because a couple of traumatic things happen. One, we had a pandemic and two, I ended up losing my father from COVID. I don't know. I think you know about that. Mm -hmm. And so the combination of those two things, um, even though I was doing a lot of healing and I was, you know, I had come to terms with just so many things that had happened in my life. Um, the business was thriving and I was continuously discovering more and more ways that I wasn't satisfied and wanting to shift in the business and in my life. And part of that came from, you know, I I really wanted to find a partner and get married. I really wanted to become the healthiest version of myself. And I really wanted to um, have a business that felt aligned. And at this point over the, the following year, even though we were generating a tremendous amount of money. Um, I was not aligned with my business partners. Um, I had taken on business partners that were generating all this revenue for me. And that felt great because I was reaching my goal, but I didn't feel aligned with what I was doing in it. And it was because the process that I was teaching at that point was not working as well as it had before. And again, being an ethical person, I, um, I really wanted to fix the problem and I didn't know how. And so it led to me feeling very misaligned with how clients were coming in, like how the process was working and, um, and I knew I needed to make a really big shift. So come forth, we fast forward a year later, I ended up, you know, amicably breaking up with my business partners and sent them off to go do what their life mission is. And I ended up really stepping into my power as I'm only teaching things that are aligned for me. I'm only teaching things that work. And suddenly like I was making less money at the time, but I, I was feeling so much happier. Okay. And this, before yeah. we continue, because mm-hmm. this is so important that so mm-hmm. many of us, we get going, it's our business. We can't change anything because mm-hmm. we've been doing it this way for so long. And you just realize that, you know what? I can't keep going. Nope. something, even though you were starting to, you know, make the money, Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. was coming in. Can you, can you talk just a little bit about what were, what were the signs Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. wait a second, this is not, this is not in alignment. So mostly it came down to, um, you know, again, like I would, I have a certain expectation of what my students accomplish. And when I when I don't see them hitting certain milestones, I was realizing that the people who were coming into the program at the time I was teaching course launching, they didn't know anything about courses. So they were starting at ground zero. And I realized that a lot of my processes were for a more advanced sort of person. The beautiful part about this was that um, it, it, it motivated me to sit down and create a better process. So I cre- I came up with a process that has no technology that's made for people who have no idea what courses are, uh, being able to have my friends and family be able to do it when they've never experienced the course marketing, internet marketing thing and have really big success. I was like, it, it created the innovation that I needed to feel really happy in the business. I love that you're sitting here saying, hey, it's like launches for dummies. Like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Like what, what, how simple can we make something? Yeah. It's so great. 
the, well, so what I realized, I'm a lover of tech. I'm a lover of fancy funnels and like, you know, all these things. You that, doesn't make, <laughs> that doesn't make everybody else into that. And I'm, you know, my mentor, James Wedmore had said to me, is there any way you can create something timeless that you don't have to recreate every, you know, time that a technology changes. So I came up with this thing called the 10K beta method, where I help entrepreneurs uh, generate $10,000 within 30 days, uh, testing their idea before they actually even really create it. And um, all it all is required to do it is a Calendly or a scheduler link and a Zoom room. And that's it. Like, and so it's made it so simple and so easy. So that's that getting aligned like that started to get me. And to by the way, we better. did that and we saw massive success. It was this Amazing. beta formula. It was so great. It got our, you know, our product out. We got a brand new product at the time. It was the fired up entrepreneur. And what it allowed us to do is really be able to identify who do we really, mm. who can we really help? Just like, yeah. you. it was like, you know, do we want to start with a very early stages of business or do we want to help with like mm -hmm. truly scaling your business? Oh, yeah. And then we realized, wait, there's like, it's like a two process, yeah. right? You got to first yeah. understand it's a different, it's a different type of course than taking them to that next level of six, seven, eight figures. So yeah, it, it, this stuff works. It was really fantastic. Thank you. Well, getting a line like that started the first, first part of me waking up and loving my life again every day. I was still having troubles with getting the health thing completely in order because I was still coping with the passing of my father and yeah, I was still coping with awful. the fact that I hadn't found my partner yet. And this is where the transformation happened with love was that there were two things that happened with the love thing that are so cool. The first thing is, is my mentor, James Wedmore did an exercise that was all about your internal um, critic. I don't know how much internal critic work you've done, but basically what he had me do and he had this whole group of people do was write out all the horrible things that you think about other people. And I was like, Ugh. and all, and then after you do that, you, you read it in horror of like anything negative you would ever say about anyone. And I consider myself to be a people lover and a people person. So <laughs> that's a tough one when you're sitting there like, oh yeah, like the judgmental things that were coming up were really surprising to me that I was having. And of course, it's always directly related to what things you're likely struggling with, right? Um, and so that was really shocking. And then he had us write the horrible things we say about ourselves. Mm -hmm. The self-sabotage, yeah. Oh, man. And so here, you know, training camp for the school had given me all these tools and I was feeling a lot better consciously and subconsciously, there was still some unfinished business around the internal dialogue. So when he then had us read this entire thing in front of a group of people and it was being broadcast and it was so horrifying to me to do this, that I literally broke out into hives on my body for, for a full five days. Okay. So hold, hold on. <laughs> so you are, this is a live <laughs> telecast and he now is, he, he now is asking you to read what mm -hmm. you have written about the nasty things that you think about other people. Yes. And then you had to say, and the nasty thoughts mm -hmm. you say about yourself. About yourself. That's and, so good. It was, no, it was horribly <laughs> awesome. I it's, mean, it was it's horribly, horribly awesome. awesome. Yeah, I, horribly I, awesome. I had a breakdown. Now, keep in mind, this was in Sedona. I'm pretty in charge of my emotions. I had like kind of a bit of a panic attack because I'm thinking, who's watching this, who is seeing this happen right now. And I just remember that at the end of that experience, I was feeling a sense of relief, but it was feeling a great sense of vulnerability and exposure in a way that made me, you know, really start to, what's interesting about it is that once you start to read it out loud, you then read it again and you read it again until it doesn't have an emotional charge anymore. And the things that I was saying about my body and about what I felt like I deserved and like nobody was ever going to love me because of my weight and like all the stuff came out. 
I mean, down to like suicidal thoughts that I wasn't really like, you know, acknowledging, like, you know, am I just going to end up with like cancer and like throw myself off a building? Like I didn't even acknowledge or know how deep and dark the thoughts got until I brought them to the surface. And it's so, so that I can understand and that people listening, did you find that what you were thinking about other people Huh. was similar to what you were saying about yourself. Can you help 100%. us understand how, yeah. Yeah, how did yeah. that so, all come So it was things like, I, I would say like jealousy over the young ages of the people who lived in my building. It was like, you know, making accusations around people in my head of like, oh, I bet they're an alcoholic. Like thinking just things that I was having my own issues with food mm. and alcohol in this moment. And so it was a really like a vulnerable, horrible thing to, place to be but I remember I was sitting in my car and keep in mind Sedona is a accelerator so something that would have been a normal exercise probably any place else you're in a vortex the energy is nuts and I remember that I was sitting in a car with my friend who was getting ready to get married and we were sharing a house in Sedona for this event and I go I just don't think it's going to happen for me I just don't think I'm going to find love I think that I just need to make the decision to be happy without it and really like live my best life because it's just not recorded. Was this before or after this exercise that this you're was, saying? Uh, this, this was after. So okay, I was. So this I, is I was, after. So, so now you're back to feeling like, oh my gosh. I'm just realizing that the internal dialogue might be so messed up that like I don't know if I'm going to be able to find love. Like I just, uh. I just don't know. So I really came to terms with it. I had a moment where I was like, well, I'm just going to go live my best world traveling you know, floozy writing a book on a train life. Like I'm going to go have floozy. <laughs> 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 what am I going to do? Okay. But wait, 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 before you go on, before we go into that part, it's interesting because people really, you know, we always have, I, I say it's like a triangle, right? You have mm -hmm. your, your business that you're trying to get your business life, you know, to that next level. You're trying to get your, yourself to that next level. You're trying to get your relationships to the next level. And you are willing to out of those three, out of that triangle, you were willing to say, you know what, this part, mm, not going to happen for me. Yeah. That's a yeah. big thing for you to say. Yeah, I know. I never believe I was always holding on to this like hope and waiting and feeling incomplete. But I think in that moment, I made the decision to feel complete as things were. And that was the secret that led to everything that I wanted to open up. So that was the first thing that happened. I broke into a rash. I was on my body for like, <laughs> like a week. And then um, about- Okay, but you um, feel like the secret was actually just saying, you know what? Yeah. I'm like, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm, it's not going to happen for me. Yeah, it's you were just willing surrender. to be like, yep. stop putting so much pressure. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, it's not going to happen. Okay. So now we're back to the being the floozy. Okay. So yeah. now what's happening? So, yeah. So then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go live my best life. And in the meantime, I come back to Austin and I always have this vision that I was going to meet my partner here. And I had told everybody that I was going to meet the person I was going to marry here. And I um, knew that when my dad passed, one of the first things that many of my friends said to me, including me to myself, was now that your dad has passed, he's going to help you find your partner. So I also had this running narrative that I was going to meet my person at some point, And it was likely going to be through my dad, just finding him. And so fast forward one and a half months after this breakdown in Sedona, I was walking into my apartment where an audible book was, uh, was playing and, uh, it said, and it, this, the book was, uh, you're a badass at making money. Have you heard that, that, I have. Uh -huh. and, uh, the, the words that she said were, um, you doubt is the number one thing to be a manifest blocker. Where are you having doubt in your life around money or whatever? I translated it into where am I having doubt around dating? And this number one question changed everything for me because it was like a breakthrough, a random breakthrough that I wasn't expecting to have happen. And the, and the answer was I was having date that I was having doubt that anyone would love me as I was at the size that I am, that I would also find attractive. And ah, I, so it wasn't just, it wasn't just this yeah. one way is anyone yeah. going to end up, you know, finding yeah. me. It was like, but yeah, I want to find them, them attractive mm -hmm. and I want to have a certain level of chemistry. I want, you know, all these things to be amazing with them. 
can't, is that possible? And then the answer to that was, I know non-traditionally beautiful people who find love and who are super happy. And so then the question was, well, why couldn't I have that? If I know XYZ person is non-traditional, they're super happy and they've had kids and they're in love. And like, why couldn't that happen for me? So in that moment, I shifted to how can okay. this be fun? Before you keep going though, you yeah. mentioned like, okay, the doubt is so big that that is the number one you know, secret mm-hmm. of why we don't manifest. And it's in all areas of our life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's that, you know, you doubt yourself. It's there's something there. And I love that you're unpacking this in your dating life at this Mm -hmm. point. And you're so honest, but you, you also were like, well, wait a second. It's not just that like, Hey, anybody out there that could love me. All right. I'm willing. There's any, you know, (laughs) anyone you were saying, Hey, I want, I want that. Like that person is going to like love me, but I'm going to love them. Yeah. I mean, this was 10 years of being single. This was 10 years of being single and wanting to, um, you know, find that person and not, I said no to people for 10 years. So I had enough standards that I wasn't just going to go for anybody. I just was like, if it's possible for other people to be able to experience this, why can't it be possible for me? And I did you ever do that thing where you write down like what exactly you're looking for? Yeah. And And so many times. Okay. So many, so many times. times that didn't work no. until you no. hit that, yeah. Yeah. you know, what is it about the doubt? Yeah. What is it then that changed everything? Well, so I made that decision and I met him the next day. <laughs> okay. But before we go into that, because there's other things that are coming and we're about to go off into a, uh, another break. And yes, she still has not, you know, given me the, uh, Hillary, let the drum start rolling. Um, but I want to just highlight this, you know, she's given us so many, you know, the secrets of, you know, that you have to understand that when you give it up, when you're like, so not like all consumed and you, you, she said, you know, I knew that I still wanted it, but it was just like, Hey, it just hasn't happened for me. Mm -hmm. She was willing to kind of throw it out there to the universe. And what happened was she ended up reading that, you know, great book and doubt. She had to get into the doubt factor, like what really went down. She took it into, instead of the finance of the business, she took it into the other area, which I love. So everyone out there, you know, start thinking about where are you doubting? But when we come back (laughs) from this break, Mm-hmm. We are going to continue this journey because so many amazing things, which apparently I don't even know one of them <laughs> is going to come out in the mm-hmm. next part. So stay right here and we will be back shortly. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by my very own labor of love. My most recent book relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. All right, we are back with Jenna. And again, another break where it's like, ooh, juicy, juicy. We are so excited <laughs> to be talking about what we're talking about. But before we go into all of that, I wanna, I wanna mention something that we talked about during the break. And that is, you know, really doubt mm-hmm. equals fear. And fear is something that hasn't even happened yet that we Mm -hmm. lean into Mm -hmm. what, you know, what do you think about all of that? The idea that, you know, you had these fears that were going through your head about, you know, about relationships. Well, it just turned out that like every person I was going on a date with that I was living, you know, that I was living in Austin, it was just, you know, one bad date after the next, you know, like men who just weren't emotionally ready, um, you know, maybe would have like a, like a chemistry connection, but they wouldn't be ready in their life to settle down or nor would I want to, you know, so it was just a, it was, you know, I had a decade of nose. I had a decade of not feeling good in my body and I'd done all this work, but I still wasn't feeling quite healed yet. 
and, and I was starting to feel more and more healed and more and more accepting. And I, and I know that because I wouldn't have been saying no, if I hadn't, you know, like I knew I w- was worthy enough of having something magical, but I just couldn't figure out why it wasn't happening. And so I remember I had bought, not only did I have that experience with the podcast or the audible book I was listening to that had said the thing about doubt, but I had also bought a crystal ring that was about opening your heart. And that happened about a week before. And so it was like the combination of hitting like a rock bottom moment to find out where my holes were in, in also combination with um, figuring out that there was all this doubt, like I really couldn't manifest it if I didn't really believe it was possible. And in my brain, it just was, I was the heaviest that I'd ever been. And I was like, how am I going to find someone that I'm going to be able to vet to get married and, or start a family with in the amount of time that's necessary because I was 41 at the time I'm 42 now. And this just happened just this past December. Um, I, I was like, it's impossible. So I'm just going to um, the, the doubt was there and I had to remove the doubt to be like, well, I'm just going to have fun and see what happens. Like, I'm just going to enjoy every connection that I have and know that I have seen miracles happen for friends and family. So what if that was the main thing? What if this could happen? What if this could be fun? What if it could be easy? What if he could be hot? What if he could love my body? (laughs) What if, you know, what if the, you know, all the things that I could ever want? What if like, it was very different than the energy of I'm going out to meet my person. You see, so, so totally different yeah, energy. Totally you, took different it from, energy. you took it from my, the, you almost went around it. And I love that mm-hmm. you said, you know, I was at my heaviest weight. Yeah. Heaviest weight. And it, yeah, I was at 100, 190 pounds. I, uh, you know, I gained all that weight from COVID and from my dad. And I, I was just like, how am I going to meet this person? So lo and behold, you know, I met my guy, he, he, uh, had read my profile on OkCupid okay that had said that I wanted somebody who didn't drink very much, who was really healthy. And he was looking for those things too. And he also was looking for something, you know, serious and somebody who was ready to settle down and start a family. And I had clearly spelled that out in my profile. So he kind of self-identified as being um, that person. And so when we met, it was like, we didn't have any expectations. We both have kind of fears around how people are going to be. And somehow we both showed up, uh, you know, really open-hearted. And it was from day one, it was just on. Like we started having phone dates. I think we knew that we wanted to like be together forever for like in like the second week. (laughs) Isn't that great? That happened with uh, Ian and my husband. It's so great. But what you said, which I love is you were so clear. There was no, you know, none of this, you know, BS in terms of what you were putting into your profile on OKCupid. Mm-mm. You were like, this is it. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone who's going to, you know, be into alcohol or have, you know, yeah. big issues. This is who I am mm-hmm. wanting in my life. Mm-hmm. And he, we, so what was really interesting is how we kind of knew is that I had that long ass list of all the things that I wanted somebody to have. And it was like every single thing, check, 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 check. And it was like, even like the tiniest little things about everything that I've ever loved about people that I've dated. I was like, oh, he has that thing. Like, oh my gosh, he's really talented at playing guitar and singing. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, little things where I always wanted to take a nap on a bed and have somebody play their guitar for me. Like he had that. And I was like, okay, but listen again, that is so clearly stated. (laughs) This is what I want. Mm -hmm. I just, people, people don't realize that. Because again, they think, well, you know, let the universe just, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But what you were doing is like, okay, first you said, hey, whatever is going to happen at this point, Mm -hmm. but then you were willing to be very clear on your, almost like your boundaries. Like I'm not going in that direction unless these are the things. And as you said, as you're sitting here talking, you know, you're like, boom, check. that's what happens the big thing is is like you know when it's right because it's easy and there's no guessing there's no guessing about anything there's no games to be played both people are just you know both hearts out and what we realized is that we had to go through all the struggles that we needed to go through both him and I to even be ready and had we met each other a year before or even like six months before we probably wouldn't have been ready all this is what's so cool he had also done somatic work (laughs) So he had also healed all the things that were going on. And it was like, 
it just like at every level that you could possibly imagine, it just check, check, check. So we've been together for now four months and we've been talking about getting married someday. And, um, you know, me being the age that I am, it's probably going to happen like what's saying like the next year. And so we started talking about uh, when and if we get married, do we want to have a big wedding or a little wedding? And because he doesn't um, drink alcohol and I don't either, I discovered that I don't like big groups anymore because I don't drink alcohol. I really like small, intimate gatherings with one or two people. So we kind of, you know, jokingly were talking about it and made the decision that when we do it, we want to elope with our moms <laughs> there. Uh, oh. and, and so this is where it gets really exciting. The guy who was my dad's best friend he lives in Paris and he is a firefighter. He knows the head of security at the palace of Versailles. And so we reached out to him this week to find out if we wanted to elope at the palace of Versailles, if we could. And he just told me a couple minutes before this call that legally they can't have us get married in the actual palace, but what they can do is open up a cottage where Marie Antoinette used to spend all of her summers. No <laughs> way. <laughs> Oh God, that's so good. Yeah. So that's, so that's what we're talking about, but not. Oh my God, that is so exciting. And here's the thing also you asked. Yeah. How many times do people not like, oh, it'll never happen. We we, we would never be able to, you guys just threw it out there and said, Hey, any chance at Versailles? Could we, could we elope there? No, you can't, but we've got another option. We found another way too, where they do parties where you dress up in 1600s uh, costumes. This is so up your alley. This is so up your alley. It's so great. So they said basically like what we could also do is go to a party there and we would be dressed up anyway and we could have photographers there to then take pictures. So we're going to find some way it's going to likely happen anywhere in six months to a year from now. We're not engaged yet. Like this, we're kind of planning our thing before it's all official, but um, but you know, this is just what we've been talking about. And so just look at the, tr- like one little twist of how I thought about something and how it changed the entire trajectory. And, um, and, you know, it's just all that work that I did leadership wise set me up for this moment. And, you know, since I've been with him, I've you know decided to officially give up alcohol and it's been, you know, four months without alcohol and he's really committed to health, which has also helped me be extra committed to health. And I realized that like, you know, I almost married somebody 10 years ago who drank lots of alcohol and ate bad food. And I knew that that was always going to be an issue for me and how important it was for me to be with someone who was fully committed to that. And it was like, like now that I have it, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. And it's like, yeah, and so it, you're not, you're not drinking anymore and you're eating healthy. You yeah. look fantastic Thank for those you. that are, you know, checking this out on YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure you're thinking she's radiating. I'm like, it's just, it's so amazing. And one other thing that I really think is important to hit on yet again, for those that are, you know, whether it's a relationship you're going for, whether it's business that you're wanting to, whether it's that connection with yourself What you said was so important that you had done the work, he Mm -hmm. had done the work and you Mm -hmm. were both ready. Mm -hmm. So many times we try to be like, you know, well, I just want it to happen now. I just want it to happen now. But are you in a place that you would be able to, with your own energy, attract that guy, attract that partner, attract Mm -hmm. that, you know, business that equals your specific energy. Is that really what you want? And a lot of times that's where the misalignment is. Mm -hmm. And also it's just the belief. This is still the same thing that happens with business as well, that things can change in a millisecond. You can have the million dollar business as soon as you remove the doubt, like things will get aligned as soon as you remove the doubt. And the most recent work that I've done around this as well is you know, that idea of, you know, sales equals safety. I have actually eliminated that, which has created even more joy in the business because now I'm not uh, relating my happiness or safety to an external thing. So uh, all these moments, you know, can ha- everything can change in a split second when it comes to dealing with doubt. And so now I'm taking myself through the same exercise around where I want the business to go. And it's like a game, it's gamification. What if this could be easy? What if I could have the business of my dreams? What if, what if, what if? And it just opens up a whole new world 
possibility. Well, and when you say things can change in a nanosecond, a lot of times people think like it's got to be, again, I I have to be completely at that point ready. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do it and we talk about perfectionism, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't start until I can't start Mm -hmm. until. And if we go back to your example where, you know, I'm the heaviest, I had done a lot of the work, Mm -hmm. but you were honest, you put it out there, you were, you were ready but you were also throwing out there that I want somebody who wants me and I want them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that is so great. And you also mentioned this whole sales equals safety. Yeah. Can you go further into that? Cause that also, whether it's sales, whether it's a relationship, mm-hmm. whether, I mean, it, it, whatever equals safety. Yeah. It's the whole idea of I'll be happy when I'll feel safe when. Um, so now my new, my new mantra for that is, is everything that's meant to be is going to happen. Um, it's just my job to show up in joy and pleasure and excitement and inspiration and fun every day. And then I encourage my people to do that too, because uh, being in fear about what's going to happen is definitely a way to, to manifest that. So we want to, to, you know, you end up getting exactly what you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's where your vision is. It's like, they call it, are you feeding the dark wolf or the light wolf? Are you, um, you know, in, in, in a world in this present moment, we have two, two possibilities, the one where everything works out for us and the one where nothing works out for us in this present moment, which of those visions are you feeding? Right. Oh, so good. And so, and so the thing is, is that most people are feeding into the fear part because they want to have control or they want to feel safe. And so they just, and they just stay stuck there. Jenna, that everything is meant to be will happen. And my job is Mm -hmm. to, you know, show up with excitement. Yes. How can people connect with you? Sure. Yeah. So you can go to my website at um, youcanbrand.com, Y-O-U-canbrand.com. I also have my program on launching open. It's at thecoursemauncher.com. And you can find me at uh, youcanbrand um, on Instagram. So at Y-O-U-canbrand on Instagram and also on Facebook. Oh, this has been so much fun. (laughs) We could have kept going and going and there's so many more (laughs) other relaunches, but Jenna, thank you. You are truly the queen of launching and thank you for sharing all of your relaunches with everyone. Again, you can check her out. You can brand. This is, has been an amazing show. And next week I have Dr. Brian Allman. He is going to absolutely share some things that we all need to be incorporating into our life that are so easy, but will make a huge impact. So please tune in next week. And at this point, it is all about live now, love now, and relaunch now. Do not wait because your your relaunch to success is just right out there now waiting. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Jenna, thank you again. Thank you. So good to see you. Bye, guys. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review. And share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.